Well, hello, this is Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to episode number 31 of the Inspiration Place podcast. Today, we're talking about feng shui and how you can use its principles to rearrange your art studio. So for that, stay tuned. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Hello, this is your host, artist Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to episode number 31 of the Inspiration Place podcast. And I'm thrilled that you're here. Today, I've invited a certified feng shui practitioner. Since spring is just around the corner, and we all want to tidy up our studios using the best practices. In this episode, you're going to discover what is feng shui and how you can use it to attract more harmony, beauty, and grace, and hopefully art sales. You'll also learn the number one thing you want to make sure you have in your art studio, and more importantly, what you want to make sure is not in your art studio and why. But before we get there, I wanted to tell you about today's freebie. Since we're covering so much today, I thought it'd be really helpful to put together a checklist of everything we're going to talk about today so you can go through your studio and declutter and move your stuff around to change your life. You'll be able to download that checklist on shulmanart.com forward slash 31. Now back to the show. Today's guest is a certified feng shui practitioner as well as a textile designer. For the last 17 years, she's taught courses on feng shui and brought her design principles to multitudes of homes, and offices around the country. She was a featured speaker for Hey Radio and taught online for the Integrative Institute of Nutrition. Please welcome to the Inspiration Place, Kate McKinnon. Hey, Kate, welcome to the show. Hey, Miriam, thank you so much. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited to have you because not only are you an expert in feng shui, but you're also an artist. Would you like to tell everybody what kind of art you do? So, yes, I've been an artist my entire life. I've done many, many art forms over the years and um, have experimented, went from drawing, painting, designing, uh, crafts, uh, sewing, all that to really discovering textile design. I like working with textiles. I like textures. And at one point, I pursued uh, textile design at Fashion Institute of Technology, discovered weaving, which I love, was going to be a fiber artist. And then I discovered painting on silk, which is like big watercolor paintings to me. And I went from, I was going to make scars, but I kept, they kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that was really the beginning of what became my career in feng shui, because I love making it so big that walls and homes and spaces became like my big canvas. So I have a lot of interesting background that then gets applied to what I do in feng shui. 
So how did you first get into doing that for other people, Feng Shui? It's a funny little story is I also had a corporate background and I always sort of had a, I would have a corporate job and say, but I want to be an artist. And then I would explore the various avenues. And in 1999, I was working with an executive coach and we were doing The Artist's Way, which I'm sure a lot of artists know that book. And one of the questions she asked me was, when you were seven years old and you would go to sleep at night, what would you think about? And I said, I would think about rearranging people's homes. And, and my best friend had a dollhouse. And I would lie awake thinking about that dollhouse and what furniture I was going to buy. And my coach, unbeknownst to me, had lived in Taiwan for six years. And she goes, have you ever heard of feng shui? And I'd never heard of feng shui. And I was on my way to Hong Kong. And so she said, when you go to Hong Kong, I want you to go on a bus tour of Hong Kong because they probably talk about feng shui. And sure enough, we went around the city of Hong Kong and the island of Kowloon and they talked all about feng shui. And I just, it, it's like one of those things I always say feng shui found me. I wasn't yeah. looking for it. That's and awesome. uh, I came back and I looked up. And, and at that point, feng shui had probably only been in the West for about 10 years, but I found a program where I could become certified and I just, I just went for it. Okay. So let's go over how to pronounce it because I, I know I'm saying it wrong. Is yeah. it feng or feng? Feng. Feng shui. Yeah. Like, feng shui. All right. And I will still screw it up later, even though you it's told me what fine. to do. All right. It's <laughs> partly my weird accent and my, my bad processing. So, Okay. Feng Shui. Very good. Can you define that for anybody who doesn't know? Absolutely. So I always say Feng Shui in Chinese stands for wind water. And when you think about what are the most important elements, wind being air and water, I would say that people can't live for more than a week without water, the two most basic elements. So Feng Shui is really about creating balance and harmony of good, positive energy in your environment. And uh, a lot of times it's about if you envision, if you envision a place that you like to go to, usually it's a place that's outdoors and it's usually a beautiful place that has good energy and good flow. What we're doing with the practices and principles of feng shui is how do you bring that into your space? So you create that good, positive energy and flow, which supports you in your well-being. I always say health is the most important thing without health, we have nothing. And so it's about creating a a beautiful environment. It's also about creating a healthy environment, reducing stress and really supporting you and what it is you really want to do in your life. All right. So by the way, I told my husband that I was interviewing you Uh and he said that you were going to say to me, the first thing you need is a dumpster. (laughs) He was like, pull a dumpster off the house. Uh, uh, So how much of it it is actually just throwing stuff out, to be honest? Well, I'm going to qualify that. So I always say the number one offender is clutter. And clutter means many things to many people. But I'm really talking about it's not like if you collect things, right, and you have a collection of things. Clutter is a lot of stuff that just has no place... It's just you don't know what to do with it, so it piles up, it builds up in a corner. It's like clogging an artery, if you will. It's like clogging your your 
your breathing apparatus. So there are some times when I, when I work with people, they'll say, oh, I have too much stuff. It's a lot of clutter and they have a lot of stuff. And once I rearrange it, it all works, but the clutter ah. is the stuff, right? So it's not about how much stuff you have in your space. A lot of it just needs to find the right space so that it works properly. But the so clutter- like, What should I do with that pile back there of canvas? Oh, your husband may be right, but no, no, really. <laughs> But no, I, it, yeah, I, but you know what? A lot of artists who are fine artists who work on canvas, we have what we call the, the, the piles of shame. Yes. 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 Which these are the canvases that are not finished, that are yes. abandoned. That, so they just kind of stack up and you can't yeah. hang them up because they're not yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so it's, it's so interesting to me because as, uh, we had a sort of had a conversation at a prior time where I, I did have my own studio. So I, I know what that's like from a studio perspective and an artist perspective. I also know what it's like to have it in a home too. And it's really, I, I, I would say it's pretty much the same thing, but it's like those canvases a lot of a lot of what is considered clutter and stuff you uh, you don't want to go like the minute you have the ooh i don't want to go there that's a problem right mm-hmm. is the minute you have some space where you don't want to go there that becomes what we call blocked energy Got and it. it's not free flowing so then that becomes a thing where you need to go through it and actually and i've done this in my own life it's like piece by piece decide what am I going to do with it? Am I going to keep it or not? Am I going to decide that I want to do it in the future or it's just I'm or or reuse the canvas or, you know, like it becomes where each thing needs to have a place, needs to go someplace, right? And organize in a place where it's like, okay, these are all my canvases I've used before, but I'm going to reuse them. Or these are things that I'm just going to give away or these are things I'm really going to toss. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then I want to also tell another story. So when I heard, this is for my listeners, when I heard you, Kate, um, give the little talk at that event we went to, the first thing you mentioned was for everyone to think about what's under their beds. (laughs) That's right. And for some reason... I am not a neat person. I mean, the, the listeners can't see my studio, but during the live stream, I, I usually try to block off those messy areas, but I'm not, I'm not a neat person. I'm not an organized person. However, there is nothing under my bed. And I said to my husband, what would you put? Like, like it never occurred to me. So there was a couple of things that raced through my mind when you said that during that keynote, it was just like, should I put something under the bed? Oh, all that wasted space, you know? Like, and then what do I put under there? Hilarious. It's hilarious. All right, can I tell you what people put under their yeah, bed? Yeah, I would I yeah. love to hear. Yeah, yeah so, dying so to it's know. so interesting because the, the reason we say that is, it's, again, it's about airflow and, yeah. you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the bedroom. So your bed, sort of rest and restoration, like your bedroom is so important in terms of, you know, getting rest and restoring and at nighttime and you want air to flow under your bed. So it's about air movement. Well, I have, uh, people have stored old taxes, particularly people, you know, you don't have a big space or let's say you have a studio and you work in it and you live in it and you're just spaces at a, a premium, right? People put things under the bed, but I have found a gun under the bed. Like think about what that means. You're sleeping over a gun. Yeah. People's old taxes 
Uh, you know, uh, divorce papers. Oh my God, what does it do for their sex lives? (laughs) Right, well, exactly. Because really what we're talking about when we talk about feng shui, it's it's always about energy. You're going to kill your husband with a gun (laughs) before you divorce them. Right, right, right. But it it always is really funny. And and by the way, I I met with some people after I did that keynote and they like made sure they showed me under their bed that there was nothing under there. I said, well, what was under there? They go, I don't want to tell you as my cat is under there where would my cat go well Well, that's good I always say animals know the best place to sleep they do and and I say that cats are good feng shui is that right yeah absolutely pets are pets are they bring you know live loving energy and I always say, I mean, I've had pets over there and they always know the best places to sleep in cats in particular. They know where there's good light. They know where it's warm. They, ha- they usually lie. So they're facing the door and I'm giving you, these are all clues of like how you should be like, you want to be able to see how people enter the space because you feel safe because you can see what's coming in. And I look at my cat and when he's really comfortable, then he's just totally lounging and not looking at anything. And I, I know that everything is safe, right? Because they're all about safety. Yeah. Interesting. Safety. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that the cat likes to hang out in my studio is a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I thought it was oh, because yeah. of me. Yeah, yeah no. It must be good energy in here. Good energy. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's help people who are listening. What mm-hmm. is the number one thing or two things or three things, if you can't just pick one, that you want to make sure you have in your art studio for good harmony and attracting all those things that we want? Right. Like so, art sales. Right. So I'm going to give a couple of tips, which okay, I think perfect. would be really helpful. And I always qualify that there's different schools of feng shui. And my feng shui, uh, my school of feng shui is we always, the point that we enter a space. So the point that we enter a room. So this will help sort of orient what I'm about to say. So when we enter a room and we look to the far left corner, that is what we call the wealth and prosperity area. So when I'm looking, we have a compass, it's called a bagua, right? So if that's your, right. So what you, what we encourage, if you particularly have good light, is to have a a plant, like a really good sized plant. Like I have a very big, big tree plant, like big and lush. And really what it is, is uh, the plant is bringing live energy and it's energizing that area. And it's a, in feng shui, we have what we call different elements. So that element of the, the live green tree in that corner is about energizing wealth and prosperity. And when we set that up, people can envision what that means to them, wealth and prosperity, because the other thing is we say intention is everything in feng shui. So if we're setting up a tree and it's about our wealth and prosperity, by the wealth and prosperity can be abundance of anything. It's not just about okay. money, but it, but very often, you know, if you're thinking about a business and you want to generate income, that's the area that you energize. I also, and I do this. Wait, late. I have to ask. Okay. So yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Good, good. All right. My assistant, though, so when you walk in, so you're yeah. saying the left, far left corner, that's where my assistant usually sits. Mm-hmm. Is that, so is that good or bad that my assistant um, sits in the wealth corner? Probably because, uh, so that's a really good question. I would say 
there are very few things I would say bad, but if you really want to enhance that area, you know, think about it like old fashioned offices, like the, the boss sitting in the corner. That is yeah. your power corner as a so rule. So I should sit there? You should sit there or you have a desk there or something there that's yours. And then your assistant, we're going to put them someplace else because they're supporting you. All right. Now I like got to rearrange everything. Well, (laughs) this is, I'm sitting where the cable is plugged into the internet, you know? All right. 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 But that, no, again, just sort of as, as you're thinking of your space, okay. that's an, that by the way is an excellent question. And sometimes okay. like we don't want to sit, this is another feng shui. Cause I had a studio where that far left corner was right in the doorway. Everybody was coming in. So I actually put myself over in the other corner cause you don't want to be right in the doorway when people come in, mm-hmm. when you're in your sort of power position. The other thing that you're, what you're pointing out in terms of that area, or when you want to be in the power position is you always want to sit. Now this is true for a workspace, whether you're sitting or standing, you want to be in a place in your studio, in your workspace, your office, where you are with your back to that far wall, where you can see people coming in the door. And this is very traditional feng shui. It's about no people are coming in. You're not startled. You know, okay. a lot of times people face the, they think they're going to work at their desk and face the wall. They look out the window and they have their back to the door, but they get startled and they kind of sit there with their shoulders hunched over. You want to be in a position where you're working. You can see who's coming in. You have like this nice back. Okay, so stop. If I move my desk, my stuff to that corner, then the desk can't be against the wall. It has to be like pulled out. So I. You're facing. Right. Kind of like the the CEO desk. That's exactly right. That's right. Okay. And then my assistant needs to go somewhere else in the room. Yeah. We'll we'll put her in another place where she'll be in your assistant position supporting you. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Tomorrow she's going to walk in and <laughs> not know what happened. Now here's the other thing I want to say right. for artists. And yes. um, this won't necessarily be in some of the other stuff that I put in, but we have what we call, so in the center of that wall, so the far left is your wealth and prosperity in the center. And energy is, there's nothing linear about energy, right? It's like a, a, a circular motion, if you will. And it overlaps, like you've got the wealth and prosperity, but it can overlap. The, the fame and recognition, which is in the center of that wall, is I always say for people to put how you want to be known in the world, right? So you may have a particular art form that you want to uh, be known in the world. Uh, you could hang that on the wall or you have some representation of your logo or something about what you do in that center. So when people come in, they see it. And it's a way of, it's a way, again, of, of generating your fame and recognition in the world. It's very interesting. And so it can be, for instance, I, I think about what's coming to mind right now is I have a, a woman who I work with who actually is a, she has her own hair salon, beautiful salon. And she has like her, her logo, like as a light against that far wall. So when you come in, you just see the name of her business on that wall. 
but it could be a painting. I just worked with a woman who was a musician and uh, she had a painting that she felt represented her as a musician. So she hung that on her wall in that area. Got it. Some ideas. But I think when we're particularly when we're being working artists, it's really important that we energize that area because it's the area a lot of times we hide from that. We don't want to we say we want fame and recognition, but how do we do that? Okay, so if I put my desk in that corner in the way we talked about. Yeah. Right now I have my where I do my art is in the center of the room. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's okay. That's good. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. And and I was going to talk a little bit about that because, for instance, right now I don't. I had a big studio, and I had I had a desk, and I was in at, at that desk because the, the the doorway was entering on the left side. I had it over to the right side, but I was in charge, and then I had my assistant sort of sitting in front of me, and um, but I had big work areas because I was doing big pieces, right? I was doing big fabric and I, I wanted to work with, at one point I was working with uh, wax, batik, you know, so if I like wanted to burn some wax, I want to make sure I'm not burning the house down, right? I would have it in the center of the room where it's not setting anything on fire. So that's fine. You know, that's, you, you can use your center areas, your workspace, that's fine. This is sort of how you set yourself to empower yourself is your desk over in that left area. Okay. Okay. Now, one thing I do have flexibility with in my studio is my books. So mm-hmm. you, I know you can see behind me, I have a bookshelf, but I can mm-hmm. just as easily put that somewhere else. So is there a certain place where books as terms of knowledge should go in the room? Yeah. So, um, and I'm going to provide this, like, if you think of like, uh, it's really nine areas and I I, I could probably provide this and it's kind of energetically, you know, we talked about wealth and prosperity, fame and recognition. And in that far right corner is relationships. Like that's your partnership or your love relationship. The area that is sort of, sort of coming down around the doorway, there's I bookcases. Now you'll see, I have it behind me. It was just sort of where there was a, when I bought this house, there was a built-in bookcase in the studio study. So I made this all my, these are all my work, right? Work related. So this is a, this is a perfectly fine area. It's kind of my wealth and prosperity. So it's my feng shui books. I have spiritual books. I have art books. It's very specific. I don't have a lot of other things here. I have like design books, how like building house books, things like that. The other area, which would be sort of in the entryway on the on the wall as you enter in, that middle section, uh, if there's not a doorway there, is your career area. That's a good place to have a book very often, sort of when you enter a doorway. To your far left, we call it spiritual cultivation, but that's also considered education. Okay. So, so you kind of get an idea. And that is how I look at space. Everything I'm saying is how I look at a space. The thing that I want to say so people don't go, oh, my my God, I can't do it, is that I follow these principles, but all spaces are different. So sometimes we may, that's why I say, this was this book's case was here behind me. Uh, it's fine. I made it work. So then in the bookcase I have, like in the far left, my wealth and prosperity books, you know, on the right, I have more of my relationship. In the middle, I have sort of my fame and recognition. Okay. So there's there's ways around it. All right. And then we kind of moved away from my original question. Yes. As I said, the the number one thing you should want to make sure you have in your art studio, and you said the plant. Right. 
And then also to make sure you have like what you want to be known for. You said the logos are, did, is there something else we should add to that list of things you want to make sure you have? Like um, putting a yeah. mirror or crystals anywhere in the room. Well, you know, it's funny. That's considered very traditional feng shui in, a, yeah. in an art studio. You, you don't need one. But if you want to, uh, how we would use a mirror is if you want to put it again on the wall where the fame and uh, the wealth and prosperity is, mirrors can be used to enhance, like if you have a plant there that would reflect the plant, enhance it. It's also like expanding a space, right? if you think about a mirror and it also creates a lot of times light, I would say if you wanted to add anything, uh, moving water in that area, like think about fish tanks when you go into places or water fountains. If you wanted to have a water fountain there, you could do that too. That's kind of a nice, like that's a lot of movement in that area, but that's a lot about creating wealth and prosperity. So if you wanted to use a mirror, that would be a good place to use it. Okay. And then we can always use paintings of plants or paintings of water. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, these are all excellent questions because I always say uh, real, it kind of goes in this order. Like if you had an area where you didn't have good light, like the best is to have a real plant, but if you don't have good light, then a painting of a plant or a photograph of a plant. And then sometimes people get really good silk plants. And I'm not talking about, cheap corny ones yeah. like really good ones that look like a real tree is a representation of a real tree and that's good too okay i do have good light i'm just afraid what's going to happen when i kill the plants so, <laughs> so that's fine right. and that's what, fine what's the easiest image. plant not to kill a fig tree or to, do what would you recommend for somebody who's well a philodendron really... is like almost oh yeah those they're, yeah. yeah they're the okay. easiest and you know yeah. if you you don't want to have them standing in the floor i like like my tree does need light um a philodendron does a pretty good job and if you have a book you know if you have a shelf to put it on or you want to put it on a stand or something you can do that i i always say the bigger the better just because it's about it's creating that live energy in that space got it okay so now we're moving on to the things you want to oh you know here's what i was oh oh, before i forget I, i always forget to say this there's a thing called a money tree which is also really good yeah so i always forget that like uh money tree and i think it needs a certain amount of light but that's a really good plant to have in that area too bamboo bamboo is really good so bamboo is hard to kill Bamboo is hard to kill. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? If you kill it, you get another one. I always say to people, like, oh, I kill a plant. I said, don't worry. Get another one. Got it. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So now let's talk about what we want to make sure is not in the studio and yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you do like consultations for people who are not in New York? Like, do you do it remotely too? Yeah, I do do anywhere and I can do it remotely. It Perfect. depends on what people are looking for because I okay. can travel too. But I've I've done I did California. I've done I mean I've done remotely. Oh good. Okay, so you can take yeah. advantage of anybody who like comes absolutely, to you. absolutely, Great. yeah. It's okay. fun. It's fun to do that. By the way, it's fun to do it just like this. It's like be fun. Like we go around your space. That's <laughs> awful. No, it's no, no, no. <laughs> it's actually really great. You'd be amazed. No, I love your space. I was like kind of like, ooh. well, like the thing is, is like this is where my assistant sits. Ah, yeah. So you think I should move my table over there? 
I, yeah, I do. I don't know what it's like for you when you sit there, but yeah, I do. I think that I, mean, I have I sat there, but I used to have it against the wall, but I, I don't want it against the wall. I want it like, yeah, you uh, want let me see it. If yeah. I can show you. I want it. So this is a square table, but I yeah. want my desk coming out like. Yeah, you can either right. do it, by the way, I'm not sure where your doorway is, but you can do it where your back, your back. Well, my door is, my door is there. Yeah. So, I don't so know you can there's actually, the mess. Yeah, so you can <laughs> actually, I love it. You can actually sit with your back to the wall where it says November, December, and your desk facing out. That's actually a great desk corner for you. Oh, okay, so. I was thinking that the desk would be perpendicular to the wall, but you're saying go parallel. I would go parallel and I'll tell you why. Like if the windows weren't there, I would say, yeah, you could do it where the window with your back where the windows are, but the preference is to have a solid wall support you as opposed to having a window behind you. Yeah. So this is where it gets situational in terms of like, but that's a great place for you facing out. You get to see the wall. You get to see where your work's going on, right? Yeah. And then I mean, this isn't terrible. I can see the door, but it is kind of, she's sitting in the power area. She and is. Sometimes I feel like she works, I work for her. Yeah. That's yeah, that's why. I'm going to tell you a great story before I go about that. Yeah. So my, my husband um, works in an off, worked with um, his business partner. He's in real estate. And uh, he had his partner, it's his partner's, he owns, a, he's a part owner of the building. And my husband has an office on sort of to the right, which would be the relationship area. And his partner has uh, power and uh, wealth and prosperity. But his son, he gave up his desk to his son, like a really solid working desk. And his son was in the fame and recognition area and um, was not interested in the job, falling asleep, like bad thing. And he was totally in control. And so when I came, they asked me to come in. I came in first for my husband's and then his partner said, I want you to come in. And he's and and my my husband's like i just want his son to go he's just like dead weight right but he's dominating he's dominating the whole room just by his dead weight and so when i talked with his business partner i said well you need to take back your power and he got all freaked out i said well you need to empower yourself you need to take back your desk and make your son your assistant and he did and his son just went away his son didn't work there anymore we, we, there was no conversation and that's the power of feng shui right like right. you put everything back in order where it should be and it was exactly as you say by giving back his partner's desk to him which is solid wood and powered and mm. his son went away my husband says the most amazing thing one day he didn't come never came back wow. <laughs> and then and i sort of arranged the desk so his desk would be in the assistant position mm. and it was interesting it was that really that's really and that's the power of feng shui to me like nothing was said we were just rearranging the space and boop, he's gone we'll, we'll go back to your original question clutter and and i'm gonna so i'm gonna talk about a studio clutter because you know for me as the artist when i'm working there's nothing that makes me happier than having everything out right i've got my paints and my colors and i love it and i touch it and i i'm in heaven 
I'm in heaven. And so when it becomes, so that's great. Like you're working on something and maybe you need to leave it up for a while. You need things to dry. You need like you mix your paint or whatever it is you're working with. You need it out. There comes a point where when you're done, then it's about, okay, it's time to put things away. And that's very often what doesn't happen. Yeah. And that kind of needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know as an artist, because I, I know it because I've done it. I love to have my things out so I can see them. And I just did it recently. I was working on a project where I had everything up on the wall and I was doing paste and cut. I was mocking up a website, by the way. And I was like taking photographs and I loved it. And then it helped me. And then at a certain point, I just started to feel closed in, closed in, mm-hmm. closed in. And then I was like sort of in my little desk. I, I, I just could feel that it was weighing on me. And I finally was like, it's time to take it down. Yeah. It felt so much better when I took it down. So to not be afraid to do that, to be able to say, okay, I'm, it's done. Okay, I have to take the time to take it down, put it away. It's kind of like what your canvas is. You know, some of that may be, am I keeping it? Or is it like it was perfect for planning something? You know, uh, some people like do what I think of as cartoons, like you're planning a painting, you do the, the, the drawings and then you paint. Then, you know, put the cartoons away, you know, then you have just your paint, however you're working. But at a certain point, it's time to put things away. Yes, and the cleanup. It's a cleanup. Yeah, it's okay. a cleanup. And I worked, I, I had a lot of fun. I don't know whether I shared this or not. When I saw you, I, uh, I spent two months in Spain. And one of the things I wanted to do was take a printmaking class. Don't ask me why I've done silk screening, but I wanted to do real printmaking. And I found a printmaking master. And I worked with her for three days in her studio. It was heaven. It was heaven. Eight years old, master's been doing this a long time. But, and she had unbelievable number of drawers and she was good you know at the end of the day she put everything away like it was still an art studio stuff was up on the wall but she you know cleaned up like she had her sink and she had her bin you know where you have the chemicals but she just made sure all that stuff was clean at the end of the day now she had assistants too but that was part of my training was like when we were done we made sure everything was put away and in order so there was still it's still an art studio or something was drying but it when you came in in the morning you were starting fresh and i think that's a really for me an important thing as an artist to have that sort of closed down and open yes but sometimes hard to do start start so i have startup rituals but i i think that's a good idea to start having the cleanup process as part of a winding down ritual right do you have any stories just like you did with under the bed about things that you've uncovered in people's art studios that definitely shouldn't have been there? I would say this is true of anything. You know, if you have dead plants, get rid of them. Dead anything. I, I would think that's probably the biggest thing for anything. Dead energy, dead flowers, dead, you know, and that, yeah. So it's like, well, if that it's happens, still alive, yeah, still life. And yeah. I had, I was, it's funny. I just remember I was working with this woman who is a painter in her home and she had, uh, had done a thing and then she had red roses, but they're all dead all over her house. And I said, they, they have to go. And she said, well, I did them for a reason. I said, well, that's 
take a picture of it, whatever, but they have to go. And then she said, what about this? And she had a beautiful gourd that looked like a, a swan, really. And she said, well, what about that? And then, then we get into the gray area. I said, well, why are you, why do you have it there? She goes, because it looks like a swan. It's like a sculpture. I said, that's fine, right? It's an interesting thing about okay. when we talk about energy. Um, well, what about dried flowers? Are they not considered dead? They are considered dead and they got to go. Oh, really? They do, they do have to go. Right. So the difficult thing is if you're doing a still life at a certain point, you know, when they're done to not keep them, they have to go. So, but even like when you buy like pretty dried flowers, that's not something to bring into the home. No. Interesting. No. Okay. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big, if there are a few no-nos, that's one of them. Interesting. Because it's about live energy. Okay. I have yeah. something in my... TV room, but I, I think I'm not sure if it's dried flowers or fake. I'm hoping yeah. they're fake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For yeah. the first time in my life, I'm hoping something's fake. <laughs> okay, and then what about color in the studio in terms of the energy? I mean, most people have, like to have it white because it's neutral. Is there anything that we have to like in terms of the the furniture or? That, that's going to attract negative energy in terms of color? No. I, it's, so color is an interesting thing. Um, and I always say this because as an artist, like when, I, when I'm working with people, people have different sensitivities to color and vibrations to color. It's really interesting. And so I worked with one woman who uh, she created a space and she was just a big energetic person and we did her colors like Crayola crayons and she said it's the first time she ever she had a space that she loved because it was Crayola crayons and big colors and then a friend of hers came over and she goes if you come feng shui my place and she was a musician she goes no colors right so Mm. I always base it on who the people are Mm. Um, there's nothing wrong with white space and then filling it up with things that bring in color. Uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think if people want color, the guidelines would be more about the space and where you might want to put color, but I don't have a problem. Color is an interesting thing because it really is personal. And then in feng shui, if you want to say, oh, we're going to energize the certain areas in your studio, there are specific colors for different areas that will energize, okay. like, again, your wealth and prosperity. That's going to be more like green. Like if you've got a pot, let's say you want to get a color. If you've got like a teal, greenish, blue pot would be a great wealth and prosperity color. Uh, fame and recognition is red or it's yellow for light. I mean, there's like all these levels of meaning, but in terms of... Uh, what colors it's it's just so interesting to me and i i i prefer like in this space i had i just was inspired to have these blue like this royal blue bookshelf Mm. just totally jazzed me and it just kind of works because i like it and then everything and then it kind of decided everything else i was going to do in the room make sure we include a pic like a snapshot of yeah i think it'd be good like you can really contrast of your very neatly laid out bookshelf and then my (laughs) overflowing one behind me (laughs) Uh, all right this has been so insightful talking to you today is there anything else you want to add to before we call the show complete and of course we will be giving everybody that checklist i think 
so when I say everyday feng shui, it's all right here. I think a lot of times people already know, like they're particularly artists, right? Artists are, I think, intuitive, right? Sort of, I think of being sort of more in touch with things. And sometimes people are a lot of times, most people are like very intellectual and they're not paying attention. Artists, I think, are much more sensitive to their environment. And what I find is when I work with people, when I say, tell me a little bit about where you go and where you don't go. And they'll tell me where they don't go. And usually it's because there's something there. They know that there's something not right. And so I say, pay attention to those areas in your space that you don't go to or you don't use. Because as an artist, but also when I do feng shui, I would say like, I I was never a dancer, but I took a dance class once. And I remember like good choreography on a stage ultimately moves throughout the entire stage. So you want energy to kind of like, it's not a straight line, anything. It kind of flows and moves around. And if it's like pretty much covering the whole space, you got good flow. But if, if it's sort of stuck one air and you're not going there to pay attention to that and see what's really going on. Maybe there's something broken, right? We want, Mm. think we want, you know, and I've worked in studios where like the artist is like, you know, they can barely like, it's like got the electricity with the plugs and everything, but you want your electricity to be working. You want to make sure nothing's broken. Okay. So besides Um, looking for dead stuff, we need to look for broken things throughout and make Not sure our they're studio, but our home. in our home, make sure they're yes. fixed. The okay. plumbing works. It doesn't have to be beautiful plumbing, but you want to make it sure it's work. There's no leakages. Things okay. like that are really, really important because they also represent something too. If you're, I give you an example, like electricity, having good light, like we all in studios, we need good lights, right? Right. We're working. So it's really important, but good light is, is a feng shui thing to have things well lit. Mm-hmm. Good air, good airflow. Uh, plants are also purifiers. Yeah, I mean, I work a lot of toxic things. You want to make sure you have good ventilation. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is very practical stuff now, but this is really, really important. You know, I worked in a space where I was able to open the windows, but we also chemical make sure there's proper ventilation so we're not sitting in it. But I, I, I say this, I think most people know this, but, you know, may not. It's very much a part of feng shui. We look at that. The things are working. So there's the clutter, which we talked about. Things are working that you're not blocking things from energy moving in your space. Terrific. So Kate, how can people work with you if they're like, want to get in touch? Yeah. So I have, uh, so uh, my website is creative feng shui Inc. I'll spell it. I spell it. Uh, Creative uh, F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I-N-C dot com. I do have on there, it's consultation, but it's really a, a if people want to get in touch with me, it's a 30 minute opportunity to just be able to ask questions, talk about feng shui, anything that you want to know. Perfect. Well, thanks again so much for joining us. And don't forget, everyone, that we are putting together a checklist for you, your feng shui checklist, which Kate has graciously offered to help me put together, which you're going to find in the show notes at shulmanart.com forward slash 31. And we're also going to include the links to Kate's website there in case you want to work more with her, as well as links to all of her social media places so that you can follow her along. All right. So now to wrap this all up, I just got a question for you. Are you subscribed to my podcast? 
because if you're not, I want to encourage you to do that right away. Like this minute, that means you too, Kate. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm not <a> subscribe. <laughs> okay. Um, I've been brewing up some really amazing episodes and I know that you guys like my mini trainings as well as all my guests. And I, I'm not able to email every single time I release a podcast because I'm also emailing about a bunch of other stuff. So if you want to make sure you don't miss any of them, go to wherever you are, wherever you listen to your podcast. My favorite place is Apple Podcasts, shulmanart.com forward slash iTunes. Just hit that purple subscribe button and you won't miss any. All right, guys. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great one. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com. Hey there, if you enjoyed this podcast, you have to check out the Inspired Insiders Club. It's my monthly membership program where you get inspiration from me. Every month I share with you techniques that I use in my own art for drawing and painting in both watercolor and mixed media. Plus each month we meet live. We talk about inspiration and ideas for how to make the art in your own style and you can get to ask me questions or even get critiqued on your art. If you're feeling stuck in your art and your goal for 2019 is to unleash greater creativity or to spend more time painting, but you need a little help creating that habit, then the Inspired Insiders Club will help you get there. Come join me over at shulmanart.com. That's shulmanart with a C dot com forward slash join. I'd love to have you join me in the Inspired Insiders Club. See you there.